They clear out for Merrill. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Oh, my goodness. Five coming. Long. Blown coverage. Blown coverage. Touchdown, Utah State. Walking in is Aaron Vaughn. coverage. 43 seconds left. Utah State back in front. What's up, Aggies, and welcome to another week of The Breakdown. Uh, I'm your host, Cole Noel, and I'm extremely excited to be recording this podcast today, even after uh, last Saturday's atrocious performance against San Diego State. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of good, well, not a lot of good, a lot of bad and a lot of ugly, um, but hopefully we'll be able to find some good in there for you guys and uh, make sure that you're very informed going into this next week's game against Nevada as well. So at first, I wanted to start uh, saying this. Great teams die or succeed because of leadership. Why are the same teams always winning their conference every single year? Alabama, Clemson, Boise State. It's not because recruiting, although they're great recruiters. It's not because of better training facilities, although they have those too. It's because of leadership. When there is no leadership on the field or on the sidelines, it bleeds its way into every phase of the game. Offense, defense, special teams, no leadership, no success. And it's my opinion that the number one problem facing the Aggies right now is a lack of leaders with both players and coaches. When we point fingers at others, all we are doing is passing the buck and not facing up to the problem. In my opinion, it always comes back to the coaches, But from what Gary Anderson sounded like after the game, we have players on this team that are better at pointing fingers than making tackles. It needs to stop. Gary needs to step up. Bodie Reader needs to step up. Our defensive coordinators need to step up. And our players need to step up. Everyone in Aggie Nation right now is just playing the blame game, and it absolutely sucks. The only thing we have to talk about is whose fault it is, and that, that sucks. That's not fun to do. There's a great line in the movie, Remember the Titans, and I love it. And it's uh, attitude reflects leadership. And I think that is so true with our team right now. Um, The way we are playing, the way that with the attitude that we are playing the game, it it reflects our leadership and it shows that we have a leadership problem. Um, How do we fix that? I don't know. Um, all All I know is that people need to step up and changes need to be made because uh, as we are right now, we're not going anywhere. Um, well, if it sounds like I'm upset, it's because I am. It was a very brutal weekend. Um, it was actually the first time that the Aggies were back in the spectrum or back in the spectrum. I wish they're back in the spectrum. The first time we were back in the Maverick this season. And I was really excited. Went with my family. Uh, I was saying before the game, I'm just excited to see live sports again. It's been a long time since I've seen live sports. And I kept saying, doesn't matter who wins or lose. I'm just glad I'm watching this game. And in the end, well, it did matter who won and who lost because we lost and we lost big. And that is never fun to do. So for today's episode, I am going to be bringing in my producer, Dalton Renshaw, every once in a while. Dalton, say hi. Hello, people. Um, He's got some questions. He's got some stuff to bring up as well. So you'll be hearing his voice throughout this podcast. But as we begin, I just kind of want to break down 
uh, last week's game versus San Diego State. So if you weren't there or you weren't able to watch it on TV, uh, the Aggies suffered a humiliating, hum, humiliating 38-7 to loss to the San Diego Aztecs, and it was brutal. Every part of that game was brutal. Um, San Diego State was projected to finish second in the Mountain West, and so we knew they'd be a really good team, but we didn't play them good at all. Um, we actually played Boise State better than we played this San Diego State team. And credit to San Diego State, they've got a great team. Uh, they're looking really good this season, and, and credit to them. But at the same time, there's some glaring issues with the Aggies that we need to fix, and we need to fix fast. And it starts with our offense. Um, the Aggies scored seven points, so they're 38. And the only seven points that we got were kind of a Hail Mary touchdown throw at the end of the second half. Um, it's honestly a Sports Center top 10 play. It was pretty amazing. That's one of the goods that we're going to get into today. But um, Devin Tompkins made an absolutely fantastic catch. I don't even know how he did because his helmet was like cocked all the way back. He caught the ball in like the bottom half of the ball with his fingertips in the corner of the end zone. Uh, great throw actually by Jason Shelley. And yeah, it was awesome. We actually went into halftime only down three points. Our defense had stopped San Diego State multiple times um, when they're about to score, and they did a, they did a great job in that first half. Like I said, we we're only down three points going in. However, the game would change very quickly after halftime as they made adjustments and we didn't. Um, I read somewhere actually that we were outgained in the third quarter, 196 yards to six. So we only moved the ball six yards in the entire third quarter. I mean, that speaks for itself right there. We only had 215 total yards in the game to their 570. We only threw for 112 yards to their 163. We ran for 100 yards, but they ran for 400 yards. We averaged 3.8 yards per play, and they averaged 7.1 yards per play. And uh, once again, if it wasn't for that Hail Mary touchdown at the very end, it was a 40-yard throw, um, so we'd be well under 100 passing yards again. Um and that's, it's difficult, guys. It's really hard to watch as an Aggie fan right now. And I know that all of you have questions. I have questions. Um, but all we can do right now is, is break it down and, and look at it step by step and then see what we can do going forward to, to come up with a better team and to come up with a better philosophy going forward in this game. Uh, once again, we, we are dismal uh, with moving the ball on offense. We only had 11 first downs to their 30. We had six of 16 in third down efficiency. Uh, we punted this, the ball seven times, and that was pretty bad too. Our, even our punting look, looked really bad, which it looked like that against Boise State as well. It was kind of windy, but not enough for it to matter like it did in this game. Uh, we, we fumbled the ball once and lost it. We threw two interceptions, both Peasley and Shelley threw an interception. And what's really hard to look at here is the time of possession. We only had the ball 22 minutes, and they had the ball for 37 minutes of that ball game. So that's an entire quarter difference that they were holding the ball and we weren't. So that plays multiple parts and it has multiple factors. I mean, it's really hard to get mad at the defense when the offense can't keep the ball and when the offense can't keep them off the field. If they have to come on every fourth play of every drive, it's difficult. It's difficult for the defense to catch their breath and, and to make good plays. Uh, however, that wasn't really, the, you know, an issue because San Diego State was also moving the ball really quick in that second half, and our defense was getting off the field pretty quick because we couldn't stop the run. 
So sorry if I'm rambling. There's a lot of things to get through in this game, a lot, a lot of problems. Um, we'll really quick go into our players. Jason Shelley threw for 88 yards. He had one touchdown throw and one interception, uh, which once again, he would have only thrown for 48 yards if it wasn't for that Hail Mary in the first half. Um, we did bring in Peasley uh, for a few snaps and a few different drives in this game. He threw for 24 yards, and he also had an interception where he underthrew uh, Jordan Nathan, that probably could have been a touchdown, honestly, if you could have thrown him in stride. And so there's a quarterback issue there, obviously. We didn't see any of Jalen Warren this game, which we don't know why. We're not going to speculate as to why. He was dressed up on the sidelines, but did not get in this game. So we did have DHC, Devonta Henry Cole. Uh, he rushed for 27 yards. And then beyond that, our, our highest rushers were Jason Shelley and Andrew Peasley, just in quarterback scrambles which is actually something that I, I hope we do more often. Jason Shelley is an athlete. He can run the ball. And it showed at the end of the first half that he can move the chains with his feet. He can, he can get out and make plays. And so I hope we can somehow find a way to capitalize that going forward. But uh, it's not looking good so far. So obviously with stats like these, our players don't look good. Um, the players that are actually on the field they don't look good. And so your first idea goes to our players. You know, why are players bad leaders? What's wrong with their attitude? Why can't they move the ball? Why can't they make plays? But you also have to think about our coaching staff. And we're going to talk about this in a second. But there are glaring issues of leadership on this football team. And uh, we, need, we need to solve that problem really fast. So you bring up leadership. And leadership's kind of like an overarching theme, right? It's not necessarily something um, that's individualized. But I kind of want to ask that question of like, obviously, Gary Anderson being the head coach has some of that um, on his shoulders. I don't know if you want to put the blame on him necessarily, but he has that on his shoulders, right? And then if you look around the roster, what other pieces or positions would you like to see step up and, and lead the team? Do you think it's as simple as having somebody in each unit being a leader? Or do you think there's um, something to just having somebody that's more vocal who can get everyone on the field a little bit more engaged yeah. and a little bit more kind of on the same page. Yep. I understand. So, so when you think of, you know, great leaders, you think of like Martin Luther King Jr. You know, you think of a person um, that went out and did something spectacular. And so kind of like what you're saying, you know, do we have one person on each unit who is a leader? And my answer to that is I, I hope not. I hope we have a lot more than just one person on each unit. That's a leader. I think leadership is, is set an example and right now, if you're out there moping around on the field, if you're not running crisp routes, or if you're not doing your very best every single play, then you're being a bad leader. You're not setting that example. Um, and that's kind of how, you know, when you get into players, that's what I think of when, I, when I'm thinking of leadership. Obviously, there's usually some guy that steps up. I think this year, for instance, Shaq Bond on our defense, um, I think he is a phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete. I'm really excited to watch him going forward. And they're just little things that I see in him. For instance, at the end of the game, our whole team was walking off the field and I, I saw Shaq Bond just kind of like kneeling down on the 20-yard line. And he had his helmet off and he looked like he was sick to his stomach. You know, I could tell that he, he really cared. And there's some other plays, like for instance, there was a, a kick that we almost blocked, but we were already down like 30 points or 20 points, excuse me. And whoever it was, they, they tried so hard to block that kick and get on that play, that play. And the hustle was there. However, when you watch the overarching, you know, when you watch the whole game, you see that we are lacking that individual effort and that individual um, heart by each player on the field. And that's just really hard to watch. 
I think on offense, yeah, Jalen Warren, for instance, is a he's a leader. I think he he pounds the rock and he's a great runner. Um, I don't really see him talking a lot, you know, and so I don't know if we have a vocal leader on our offense, but people need to step up soon. Uh, Jason Shelley, you know, he's only been here a few months, but it's it's his team now. If you're the starting quarterback, it's your team, and it is on your shoulders to get guys in the in the spots that they need to be, and then to help them make plays. And we're not seeing that happen right now. And then once again, like I said, I think if there is a problem on any team, it's always the coach's fault. You know, that's what they're there for. They're there to fix it. But you need players to believe in that system. I think Gary Anderson, the way he was at Wisconsin, the way he was at um, Oregon State, and the way he was here the very first time, he has a very unique system that he puts into place. And if you don't like it, he could give two craps and, and you're out. He doesn't care. He wants his guys and he wants them because he needs them to believe in his system. And like we learned his first time around, when they did, it was phenomenal. It worked out great. However, he has run into issues in the past, um, even last season, and now the beginning of this season, where where it seems the players just aren't buying into it. And if they're not doing that, if they don't believe, then other players aren't going to believe in those players or the coaching staff. And it just kind of trickles down to to medio- mediocre play in, in all aspects of the game. So I don't know if that answers your question. But there's a lot of problems, yeah, there's, as you and, can tell. And that's kind of like my my point or my question to bring up is that there's so many problems that it's it's hard to necessarily pinpoint one thing and say, hey, if they get this fixed, then you know things are going to turn around. They're going to start winning games. Um, but I think your point about leadership is definitely something that's that's poignant right now. Yeah, and and I guess what I'm trying to say is like I don't care, like I don't care who whose fault it is right now. Step up, do something, make a play. Um, we're gonna get into this in a second with our offense. But like the play calling, for instance, it seems like we're only going to the outside of the field and you hear people say, well, it's because Jason Shelley, he can't throw down the field. He can't throw down the middle of the field. He's not accurate. And I'm like, okay, you know what? He's only thrown two picks this season. One of them on the last play of the game against Boise State. Another one this game when he's getting hit in the pocket and falling down. Like we haven't even been able to see him try to throw it down the field. The only time he threw it down the field against San Diego State, our tight end dropped it, you know, right out of his hands. And so at this point, I don't care if he can't do it or if Coach Reader doesn't think he can do it. We got to try it, you know. And so it's the same thing with leadership. It's I don't care whose fault it is at this point. Someone's got to step up. If you're a player right now listening to this and you're just pointing fingers at the coach, you're a part of the problem. You need to step up and lead that unit. Um, and and I think that's where it, where, where it comes down to is, is who is going to step up for this team. I think Shaq will be a, a big figure. And I, I do have a lot of faith and hope that that he can help with that defense. But, I mean, it's a big team, and, and it's going to be hard for just one guy to try and turn around, you know, especially when our biggest problem right now is our offense. So let's get into that. Let's get into our offense. And I'm going to kind of split this up in the good, the bad, the ugly, because there's definitely a lot more bad and ugly, but I still want to talk about some good that I was able to see. Um, and let's actually start with the ugly. So the first, you know, glaring thing is we can't move the ball. We had 11 total first downs. And in the coaches show, they, they talked to Gary about that. And he said, it's pathetic. He said, it makes me want to puke just thinking about that. And it's it's true. It makes all of us want to puke as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our offense, we, we simply can't move the ball. Like I said, if it wasn't for that touchdown when time ran out, we, we, we should have been, you know, held to zero points this entire game. I think we got past half like twice, maybe twice that entire game. Well, and that's a lot of it too, is that so many three and outs, like when you're punting seven times a game, you have 
no room to establish anything. So maybe some of the the ineptitude on offense comes down to like having no rhythm to begin with and yeah. building on that with nothing. Yep, exactly. And that gets into the actually the good part. The good is the only time I did see we have rhythm in this game was at the very end of the first half when we were doing our hurry up kind of offense, moving the ball really fast. I loved it because what happened is it kept the defense on their toes and Jason Shelley was able to scramble for 15 yards here or five yards there. We're able to do very quick passes to the out. And then the very last one, um, Devin Tompkins, extremely fast. He burned them, got in front and Jason Shelley made a great throw and a great catch. So, I mean, it's there. It's, we can move the ball. You know, these guys have been athletes. They've been football players their whole life. And to think that we can't move the ball or we can't get more than 11 first downs is, is stupid. You know, these players have the abilities to do it, but they got to do it. They got to step up. The coaches need to step up and we need, and we need to make it happen. So, you know, once again, the good part of the, of our game of the, of the offense was that I think that when we did establish a rhythm, it seemed like we were able to finally breathe, finally get some momentum, finally smile as a football team. And that was huge going into halftime. Um, it obviously didn't mean much, you know, cause the second half was even, you know, was a lot worse than the first half, but, um, well, can we look at something individually on that then? Can we look at that series where I think it was the first or second series coming out of halftime where you're talking about they have momentum. They just put together a great drive. Obviously, the, the energy around Devin Tompkins catch going into halftime must have been explosive in the locker room. So you think things are looking up. And then there's that sack where Tae and I can't remember the other guy that was in on that sack. It was Cash Gilliam take them down to the six-yard line, and they oh, end yeah. up giving a full drive for San Diego State to score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. Okay, go ahead. Expand on that then. Yeah, well, I mean, so if you guys w- weren't watching the game, this was the p- the first possession for San Diego State out of halftime. Um, like Dalton said, we had the momentum. We were hyped. Everyone was going crazy. And the very first first down, we came up with this huge sack and put them on their own six-yard line. So it was second and twenty-six. And it was awesome. Aggie Nation was going crazy. The team was going crazy. And it honestly felt finally like we might be able to start doing something in this game. And then two plays later, San Diego State has a first down. And then, you know, plays after that, they just kept moving the ball, moving the ball until finally they go down and score. And I think that drive honestly just took it out of us for the rest of the game. Uh, Once again, attitude reflects leadership. And our attitude after that drive was just was just horrible. And so I think it, it was hard after that for our offense to get excited. It was hard for our defense to get excited. And it obviously showed in the rest of that second half. But there are some individual efforts, like you're saying. Like, there are some players that are making plays and are doing things. But we got to put it together. It's got to be a team effort on every single play. Um, let me pull that stat up again. So, yeah, I mean, San Diego State was 7 of 14 on third down efficiency. So they were 50% on third down. The problem is they only had 14 third downs, you know. And so they, they were moving the ball. And obviously, when you rush for 407 yards, you're going to have as many first downs as you want. But that's kind of the ugly part that I was going to bring up for our defense. The ugliest part for me was that there was just zero adjustments. I mean, they ran for 407 yards, and the vast majority of that was in the second half of that football game. And a lot of it came in the fourth quarter. A lot of it came towards the end of the game, too, yeah. which I I don't know if you want to exactly point to like giving up or if you know but it's not good to give up I think it was roughly 150 yards past like the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter yeah I mean that's when they're they're basically trying to run the clock out yeah 
right? They're just trying to to move the ball, just get your first down. They're not even necessarily looking for these 30, 40 yard runs that they were getting, but they'll they'll take them any day of the week. All day. Um so that's once again, and it's just tough because this is a coaching thing, is this is a player thing. I don't care. Someone's got to step up because there were zero adjustments made. We know they're gonna run the ball. We know they're gonna shove it down our throat all game long, yet we don't do anything about it. And they just keep breaking off, keep breaking off, keep breaking off. I actually thought our tackling was a little bit better this game. When we finally, you know, hit a guy, it seemed like we'd wrap up on him and, and we did good that way. But they were just finding these holes in our defensive line and they were just moving the ball so quick. And yeah, I mean, like you said, did our team just give up? It sure did look like it, you know? And so that's tough. That's For me, that was the ugliest part of about our defense was it just seemed like there was zero adjustments made. And you're not going to win a game if you can't do that. We, we were only down three points going into the second half. We were only down three points going into the second half. And we obviously got outplayed and outcoached because they made the adjustments and we didn't. They said, hey, look, we can run the ball more than we think. And we said, hey, we're only down three points. Guys, let's go out and do something with it. And we obviously didn't for the rest of the game. Um, you know, going back on to our, to our offense real quick. I, there's a lot of fans wanting to put in Peasley, and I get it when Jason Shelley isn't moving the ball. We are, you know, when any starting quarterback isn't moving the ball, you want to see what the next guy up can do. But in my mind, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I really feel like Jason Shelley and Andrew Peasley are equals. I think they are like the same type of person. I think Jason Shelley has a little bit better of an arm, um, a little bit more of a true quarterback essence to him. I think Peasley is a little bit more of an athlete. Uh, there were some throws that Peasley was making that we were just missing guys. You know, his interception, for instance, wasn't a double coverage, but if he could have led Jordan Nathan, it could have been a touchdown. Instead, he threw it a few yards behind him, and it was a pick. So I don't think that Peasley's our answer here. You know, I don't think it's just it comes down to one guy. Our quarterback can't move the you know move the ball. It comes down to a whole slew of things. And once again, that's the question is. Is the reason why we're going to the outside of the field because Jason Shelley can't throw down the middle and can't throw long? Or is it because that's what, for some reason, Bodie Reader wants to do with our offense? And I don't know. I hope that's not true. You know, it even seemed like our runs were all going to the side and we couldn't get anything around the corner. So at some point, we got to try something different. At some point, we got to change. And that's kind of the theme of this whole podcast today is I do not care whose fault it is. I do not care who is not doing their job right now. All I care about is the individual person stepping up and making plays and starting to lead this team. So, I mean, with regarding our quarterback and our quarterback battle, if Shelley and Peasley, if they can't get it done, then put in Cooper Lagos. Uh, he was a state champion. You know, he's he can obviously throw the football well. And uh, yeah, he's young. I get it. But we got to try something because whatever we're doing right now is obviously not working. So... You know, if we're if if you're hearing that right now, put him in, give him a chance. If that's if that truly is the problem that they can't throw, then let him throw. But if that isn't the problem, and if it's really play calling, if that's what we're really trying to do, and if we really think we're going to score points going to the side of the field every single play, then uh, that's a coaching problem, and that's a that's a big one. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about quarterbacks, and you brought up how you think Shelley and and Pease they're basically the same, and I think. From what we've seen so far this season, it's probably true. They haven't really one or the other exceeded the other one. I think maybe Peasley has a little bit more going on the ground. Um, and like I think that could just come down to giving Shelley a little bit more time and giving him a little bit more confidence. He can get those things going too. 
Um, but I think the question for me is, would you want to see one game out of Peasley? Maybe Nevada, maybe Fresno State. Like a full game? But a full game of him saying, hey, you're the starter now. You're, you're the captain now. And see, you know, what he can do with the offense with the same exact circumstances. Because I think there is something to be said about just throwing somebody in for a drive or two. You know, they're, they're probably not going to be as hot as they need to be. Um, you know, there's there's obviously the, the defense has already kind of figured out the offense a little bit. So I think maybe giving Peasley one full game and kind of putting those back to back and seeing what you get out of both of them. Do you think that could be a benefit? Do you think that's something that the fans and, and you might want to see? Yeah, um, I think so. I think for me, it just comes down once again to being like, oh, it's the blame game. It's Shelly's bad. Peasley's bad. This guy's bad. You know, who we're bad because of that. And I think we're bad because of so many different things. Um, I personally would, I would like to just ride or die with Shelly, you know, because he needs confidence too. You know, either sure. both of them, neither of them are going to have the confidence they need going forward if this is how we're approaching each game. And if it's, oh, it's a quarterback battle every single week, like that's not instilling confidence in your players. You know, if it's going to be Shelly, then let's do it. Let's go with Shelly and then let him fail. You know, like I said, Open up the field. Let him throw downfield. Let him throw in the middle of the field. And if he fails, if he gets picked, then pull him. And even he will understand, okay, yeah, I should be pulled at this at this point. So I don't think I, I, I would like to see a full game of Peasley. I think all that would do is just add more questions. I think even, even with the players they're playing with, because a receiver will run a route different with a different quarterback because they know what they can do, right? Um, there were some routes, for instance, this last game that I saw her wide receivers you know, where they were going deep down the field and it slowed down really quick because they knew, they knew the ball wasn't going to them. They knew it was going to the sideline. And so I think receivers will run routes differently for different quarterbacks. And if, I mean, if the team believes more in Peasley, if they think they can do it, then sure, give them a full game. Uh, but at this point, I just want to see, I just want to see everybody get a, get a true chance. You know, once again, let Shelly open it up, let him try some things. And, and yeah, may, I mean, maybe, Maybe the best way to do it is to do it by halves and say, okay, Shelly, this is, you got the first half, but if we're not up by halftime, you're out, you know, and, and that's just the, the matter of fact, that'll put some fire under Shelly, you know, that'll get Peasley excited for the second half and, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, there's, there's two things that we haven't really brought up that it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You need to get these things right for the offense to flow well. And that's, the amount of drops that the receiving unit has had and the offensive line just not giving the quarterback any time. So I think while, you know, there might be a possibility Peasley could be better than Shelley or vice versa, you have to fix those two things before anybody comes and plays quarterback. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, ugh, it is just so frustrating, Dol. <laughs> yeah. Because for this is the way I look at it, is that in quarterback, so be, be, between our team this year and our team last year, our quarterback got a lot worse. I mean, obviously, we just lost a first-round quarterback. No doubt. In Jordan Love. But every other position on offense got better, in my opinion. I feel like if Jordan Love would have had this offense, you know, it could have been moving because we've got some tall receivers now. We've got really fast guys that know our offense. Our offensive line was injured last year. A lot of those guys are back. And so, you know, we have an even deeper running back core and so it's frustrating, you know. I feel like we got better on every other position in our offense besides quarterback. And obviously, you know, quarterback's a really important one. But like you said, if our offensive line can't get it right, if they can't block, 
then then it's going to be tough. And once again, it comes down to belief, right? I mean, I've never been an offensive line. I weigh like 160 pounds, uh, and I've, I'm very weak. So there's no way I could I could ever do that. However, I don't know how strongly I'd be blocking for a guy I didn't believe in, you know, or someone that didn't have my trust, or someone that wasn't really really a leader. And so we'll see what happens. It's it's got to be tough too on on the linemen as a whole to see you know like I'm sure that they've tried to block very hard and probably every single or almost every single play they're out there trying to do their jobs but when things aren't clicking I'm sure that's tough on them as well you know what I mean because it's like why are you in the trenches getting into battles with the defensive linemen if things aren't coming off yeah yep and 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 here's the the flip side of that is we don't even know if that's a player problem like the play the play could honestly be just these quick screens like they don't real they can kind of let the guys through it's not a big deal to block for you know the whole time and we're just throwing to these quick screens and so it looks like he has no time but really it's because the plays aren't ever designed to give him a lot of time in the backfield and to to let him go back and and make that decision so i th- i think nevada's going to really op- I, th- I said that against san diego state but i hope that this nevada game coming up this next weekend really opens up our minds to a lot of things. One, I hope we can see if this is a coaching, a play calling issue with our offense, or if this is a players can't make plays issue with our offense. If if we are, you know, trying to throw it down the field and we get picked a couple times and then we start going to the sideline, I'll be like, okay, you know what? That's probably a player thing. We probably don't have a quarterback that can make those throws. And so we're trying to do what he can do. However, if we still keep doing the same exact thing that hasn't been working these past two weeks, we're going to get absolutely rocked by Nevada uh, because they're a lot better team than everyone thought they were going to be as well. I mean, they're getting votes for the top twenty-five right now, so they're you know we'll, we'll get in that we'll get into that in a second. But once again, somebody's got to step up, and I'm really hoping this Nevada game reveals who stepped up and who didn't. I have one more thing to bring up about Buddy Reader before you move on. Yeah, and. This might be a false correlation, but do you remember the early years, specifically the first year with David Yost, how the offense was kind of struggling the same thing as it is right now, where there was, I just remember like every other play was a bubble screen to Tarver and it wasn't coming off. Like they couldn't run the ball very well. And then obviously you see what happened with Yost after he got things settled, got the quarterback that he wanted in the offense. And I don't know if it's just giving him time to work things out or, or what it is, but he ended up having a a really successful offense. Do you think that sticking with Bodie Reader and giving him the full confidence, like you're saying, of, hey, go out there and call the plays you want to call and, you know, we'll get the personnel on the field to make them work eventually. Do you think that approach is something that can bring success? Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- I mean, I think that's a fantastic question. And it's the it's the question we asked Gary Anderson, too, when he came in. And you kind of give coaches a first-year buy you know, because they're playing with players that the other coach recruited. And, you know, we saw with Matt Wells as well. He didn't do as well as Coach Anderson the season that he left. And, and he didn't even do that well the second season uh, that he was in. But, man, once he got his guys and his system, it was it was going smooth. And so, I, I mean, I I hope. But I, I think for me, you know, and, and what's sad for Bodie Reader is he, he just didn't have the time to put in an offense. You know, I've never I've never put in an offense or, or a scheme set into an offense. Um, but he, he didn't even have time because of coronavirus, because of the little time he's even here, because of the new quarterback. You know, how do you teach a whole new offense to a team that you just met a week ago and you got games coming up in a few months? It's kind of nuts. Yeah, it, it it is nuts. And so 
I mean, he, I'm sure he's trying, you know, Bodie reader. He's not some, you know, scumbag. He, he's, he, he knows what he's doing. He, he put up points with North Texas and, uh, Gary, when he hired him, Gary was extremely happy when we got the hire. He said, he's going to fit our system perfectly and, and, and fantastic. So obviously the offense is not working out. I think for me, when it comes to Bodie reader is yeah, I'll, I'll still give him that, you know, this season kind of buy. However, it's too late to put in your system, man. Like if, if it's still going to take six games to put in your whole system, you know, it's, it's too late. It's time to just try something else. It's time to move the ball down the field, whether it's your system or whether it's something else, you got to start calling plays that put that, put the ball in the player's hands and out of your hands. Um, you're not, you know, coach readers, not on the field. He's not the one making the plays. So he has to trust our players to be able to do that. And so call some, you know, if he's like, man, I I can't call some of these plays that I really want to call, do it. You know, Aggie Nation's not going to be upset with you if you're trying these plays to move the ball downfield. Now, if, if, if we're running to the outside on first and second down, and then we're doing a three yard pass to the corner on, on third down, yeah, we're going to be really upset with you because that's not what we need right now. We need first downs. So, you know, do it. And if it fails, it fails. But but let the players have that chance to, to make those, you know, make those throws, make those catches and make those plays. So that's kind of my thoughts on Bodie Reader. And, and once again, this Nevada game, I, I do believe will open it up to, to a lot of things. Nevada's defense is not as good as San Diego State's and as Boise State's defense is. So we should be able to move the ball a little bit better. But if we don't, once again, then we know, you know, we know who we're blaming next week, I guess. Right. But we'll see. So speaking of Nevada, let's get into that game real quick for a couple minutes uh, before we leave you here. So this is tough, guys. The you know, no one's really believing the Aggies right now, and I don't blame them. Last year, we were about 17 point favorites to beat Nevada and we covered the spread this year. We're playing Nevada at home. And they are 16.5 favorites against Utah State, which is tough. I mean, that's two touchdowns and a field goal uh, that they expect them to win by. And the reason is their offense. Their offense is moving the chains. They have a, a their their main wide receiver. Their wide receiver one is actually out on injury right now, but they have this guy stepping in at their W WR two, uh, Romeo Dubs, and he is fantastic. I think he already has, and let me make sure I'm, I'm reading this right. He already has 18 receptions for 328 yards and two touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that's more yards than our entire offense has had in the first two games. So this guy's for real. Uh, you know, luckily, we, we haven't done terribly against the pass in these past two games. So hopefully we can do something there. But their offense is clicking. Once again, they're, they're receiving votes for the top 25, and they, you know, deservedly so. Uh, we've been outscored 80 to 20 in our first couple games, and they've been, you know, killing their opponents, uh, both UNLV, and then, well, they didn't kill Wyoming, but it was a, it was a great game, and uh, they, they went in as three-point underdogs and actually ended up getting the dub. So this Nevada team's for real, and if we think that it's going to get easier after them, it's not. Uh We've got a tough schedule. The Mountain West is just getting better. They, they're getting better, and we are trying not to be left in the in the dust. But right now, you know, we are. We're that team in that place, and so we've got a lot to prove, a lot to get done. Okay, so all in all, Nevada is a great team. They're going to be good this weekend on Saturday, and so, you know, we just got to hope and pray for our Aggies right now that they can figure this out. 
uh, to the players and the coaches. You know, if you're listening or if you're a fan and you know one of them, it's time to step up. It's time to do your job. I don't care whose fault it is. Um, I don't care who who stole your ball and ran home with it. I don't care who's making fun of you or who's calling you out. It's it's just time to step up. Uh, if you don't like the coaches, I get it, but they're not the ones on the field. You are, so do your best every single play. And coaches, this is the team that you have, so it's, you got you got to work with them as well. So once again, I hope everybody can step up, can can do their jobs this game. Uh, Dalton, thank you very much for for joining me on this podcast and thank for you. asking some very insightful questions. We'll have a we'll have Dalton on future podcasts as well. Yeah, if you guys have anything to to say to us or anything that you, that you want to say, you can always contact us. You can contact the Statesman. We will be putting in our contact links in the bio. We will also be creating an Instagram pretty pretty shortly that we can interact with the fans on and we can put out content on as well. So unfortunately, I don't use Twitter very much. However, I do have my Instagram. I use that for pretty much everything. My Instagram is at Cole, C-O-L-E-W-Noel, N-O-E-L, at Cole W. Noel. So if you have any questions, any ideas, um, then yeah, share them. We're, we're, we're really hoping to get a guest uh, that's played on a football team similar to this one on our next episode that can shed some insight into what he thinks uh, can you know can potentially save this season or are some things to look forward to going forward. So uh, for the breakdown, my name is Cole Noel. Thank you, Dalton Renshaw, and you guys have a great week. Go Aggies. Go Aggies.